0: Thanks
1: for listening to the
2: KC Morning Show.
0: Cyber Monday, so good for me. Cyber Monday, all of the deals are online to see. Oh, Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday they will guarantee That Christmas morning it will be there under the tree Cyber Monday, so good for me Shopping naked all day long and no one can see Cyber Monday, Cyber Monday's turning into a pain Cause they don't have just what I need in the supply chain
2: Everything's running smoothly
1: Right here, it's your KC Moor oh, baby, what's the word, Kansas City? Hey, happy Monday To the KC Morning Hoes, all right, y'all. On the show today, we are getting ready for World Cup soccer. He is a returning champion on the show, Nate Bukaty from Sports Radio 810 WHB, getting all set for World Cup soccer tomorrow. Team USA taking on Iran. First kicks around one o'clock, I believe. Myself and Nate Bukaty, we will be kicking it at the Power and Light District. I think gates open at eleven. Let's show up live, Kansas City. Let's get lit, Kansas. Kansas City. After that, we wrap with Elad Gross, a civil rights advocate and attorney. He also ran for attorney general. We're breaking down this breaking news regarding our broke-ass junior senator from the great state of Missouri. Talking Josh Hawley. My man broke the law. Shocker. He is not a good dude. Rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do. Kansas City. I love you. Back in your feeds tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It is a good day. A damn good day. Be a Kansas City, and always, that's because of you, Kansas City. We'll see you in the morning. Bye. a sports thing he's with sports radio 810 WHB your hometown leader in sports this month your hometown leader in soccer we talk in the beautiful game world cup action with the beautiful bucati my brother welcome back
3: to the show let's break down the world cup Hearts of my man, how you doing? It's good to talk to you as
1: always. Man, I'm sore because we put on a show. And by week, Kansas City put on a show. That World Cup game versus England, that was goosebumps. It was mental snapshots. It was one for the highlight reel. Nate Katie, how are you
3: feeling? I feel like I'm stepping on the lead. How are you holding up? <laughs> I'm trying to get my voice back. We got to get recovered for tomorrow because that's, that's when it really comes down. Tuesday afternoon. Win or go home if you're the United States, you know, we gotta bring it. So it's USA versus
1: Iran. We were talking off air. You're nervous, man. I mean, I've got the nervous anticipation. I think you're just straight up nervous. How you see this shaping up? I'll do a little name
3: drop. I was talking with Benny Failhaber. I was earlier waiting for your name. Drop, you might want to pick that up. That was a name I just dropped on you. <laughs> um, you know, I was talking to him about it. He's he's got a really good soccer mind, obviously, and you know, he pointed out that goals have been hard to come by in this tournament for just about everybody. I mean, even teams like Brazil and Argentina have found it tough breaking down teams that are set up defensively to keep you from scoring. And and he told me, I think it's a good point, he said the reason for that is Nobody's got chemistry. You know, this is a World Cup in which, you know, when you watch club teams like Sporting Kansas City play, those guys train every day for hours together. They spend months and months together working on things. They have a month of training camp before the season starts to develop that chemistry and to work on their system. And this World Cup in particular, it's always tough, but at this World Cup in particular, it was a shorter run-up because of the timing of it being in November. And you're just seeing teams that just aren't quite clicking. And I think we've seen that with the United States. And the tough part about that is they got to score against Iran or they don't get to advance. And Iran does not. They just need to get a tie. And so they're going to be bunkered in. They're going to try to make it hard for the U.S. to score. And that's going to be the whole question of the day. Can the United States find a way to get through and put one in the back of the net? And if they do that, they got a great chance of going on. But it's going to be a lot easier said than done. Well, and you're right. It's the world stage, a
1: future worth building on with these young guys we have. But this is a moment that they've got to meet. So, Nate Bucati, do you think that the guys we've got, are they ready to meet this moment? I mean, this is quite arguably the biggest match of collectively all their soccer lives.
3: Well, I think they have what it takes to put on a good performance, yes. But the bigger question is, do they have what it takes, again, to put one in the back of the net? And the one thing this team is missing right now is a true number nine, a true center forward whose job is to score. They got some potential. They got some young guys that have the chance to become that player, but they're not world-class at this point in that regard. And I think that it showed that they're missing that through the first two games. And we'll see if somebody steps up and answers the bell this time around. But in terms of whether or not these guys are up for it, look, I think they've already shown that these guys are not scared of a big moment. You know, these guys are all playing in big leagues in Europe where the pressure is incredibly high, where in the past, there's always been a mistrust of American players that they don't have what it takes, either mentally or physically or technically to play in those leagues. And, And so they've had to go out there and prove people wrong since they did it and at a very early age. So they know what pressure's all about. They're not scared of it. And uh, and I think they showed that against England at the watch party that you and I just talked about. Now, here's the other thing we can talk about, Hartzell. There's geopolitical stuff going on now, too. And these poor young guys are being forced to answer questions from an angry media, global media, about things that the federations put out on social media and all that stuff. And that adds a whole, nother layer to, a whole other layer to the situation. So there's a lot going on for these guys. I think they're up for it. I think they'll come out and they'll play well. But the question is, you know, in soccer, you can play well, but if you don't score, it doesn't really matter. So they'll play well. The question is, will they finish one of those chances? And I want to
1: piggyback. There is just so much gross that is surrounding these World Cups. We've had folks who have died, literally, trying to put on these games, thinking about the storylines for this game itself. USA and Iran, the protests and civil uprising in Iran for human rights, basic human rights. But at the same time, I know there are going to be kids who are watching these World Cup games and they're going to see their favorite stars from their respective teams and they're going to see their player score that goal and they're going to go out in their backyards or they're going to go out in their front yards, they're going to go out wherever they are and they're going to try to imitate those shots and they're going to try to replicate those celebrations after the goals. These same kids who are going to be participating in the World Cup 10, 20, 30 years from now. These games might very well change their lives for the good. Do you hear what I'm saying, Nate? What is your pitch for the beautiful game? This World Cup season, like you said, it's got a lot surrounding it. But there is something beautiful about all of us collectively watching something so sweet like the game of soccer. We got a World Cup coming to KC
3: in 26. How
1: can we look past some of the nasty and get to some of the beautiful?
3: I heard this discussed by a by a podcast series that I've really enjoyed by a great writer named Brian Phillips. And, and he did a podcast series about the history of the World Cup. And there's, there's all kinds of moments like this through the course of the World Cup where some ugliness, you know, and cynical people who have taken advantage of the sport for their own twisted gains and all of that. And, and we see that at play in this World Cup. And the way he put it was, That's actually simply because the game is so beautiful. We love it so much because it is the game itself is so beautiful. There's nothing wrong with the game. It's opportunistic people who realize that there is a product out there that everybody loves so much. They can take advantage of it for their own desires. And that's going to happen with anything that people universally love. Hopefully we can keep our guard up and continue to call out those types of things when we see them and try to act out against them. But in terms of the sport itself, We shouldn't let that ruin all the things that we love about the game. And the game itself is beautiful. It is the beautiful game. And one of the things that is beautiful about it is that you get to see the cultures and identities of all these different countries express themselves out on a soccer field. And they really uh, hit home. And these are two countries in Iran and the United States that have a lot of differences. You know, they have not seen eye to eye for many reasons and there's some rights and wrongs on both sides and all that stuff but uh at the end of the day they're going to go out there and they're going to play a soccer game for the opportunity of a lifetime for these guys on both sides to advance to the knockout rounds and um you know look one of the things that i love about these watch parties at the pno with you we know oftentimes it's pointed out to us how divided we are as a country And obviously there are some divisions in the the country of Iran right now, protests in the streets and all that. And we we certainly know about that here. We get told all the time how different we are. But when you have moments like this, Sure seems like everybody comes together, you know, and uh, we see a united group of people down at the Power and Light District having a great time supporting country that they love and a team that they love, despite its imperfections and all of that. And that makes a beautiful moment. And look, we don't know if they're going to advance or not. So let's enjoy this one because we're guaranteed this one last watch party for the next four years. So let's make the most of it.
1: And what a beautiful city we have to do it all in. And I got to I gotta give you your flowers, my brother, because you have been doing these watch parties since, what, 2014, building the beautiful game in our beautiful city. And look at where we are now on pins and needles. But you know what? It's because it matters. And we're all doing it together. And that's pretty awesome, brother.
3: It's going to be great, man. And it's fun to be up there with you. And I can't wait for tomorrow. Let's go. Nate Bukady, final predictions before I let you go. What you got? I'm going to give the United States a 2-0 win in this one. I think they do break through early, and that forces Iran to come out and play the game a little bit more, which opens them up, and then we start to hit them with some goals and uh, and we win this thing two nothing and move on to the knockout rounds. And then we toast with Kansas
1: City Nate Bukaty, Hartsel Gray on the KC Live stage. I don't want to fall off, but no promises. No promises. <laughs> I love you, brother. I promise not to push you off the stage. How's that sound? And I believe I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, what up, y'all? Yeah, soundtrack. What's poppin'? Baby? Woo. Uh, y'all ain't know. I go by the name of. Lupe Fiasco representing that first and fifteen years, Uh, and this one right here, I dedicate this one right here to all my homies out there grinding. You know what I'm saying, legally and illegally. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So. Check it out, uh, first got it when he was six, didn't know any tricks, matter of fact, first time he got on it, he slipped, landed on his hip and bust his lip, for a week he had to talk with a list, like this, now we Uh, can end the story right here, but shorty didn't quit, it was something in the air, uh, yeah, he said it was something so appealing, he couldn't fight the feeling, something about it, he knew he couldn't doubt it, couldn't understand it, branded, since the first kick flip, he landed, uh, labeled a misfit, a bandit, cocoon, his neighbors couldn't stand it, so he was banished to the park. Started in the morning, one stopped after dark. Yeah, when they said it's getting late in here. So I'm sorry, young man, there's no skating here. So we kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. And away way roll, just a rebel to the world with no place to go. And so we kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. So come and skate with me, just a rebel, looking for a place to be. So let's kick, and push, and coast. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, my man got a little older, became a better roller Yeah, no hell meant hell bent on killing himself Is what his mama said, but he was feeling himself Got a little more swag in his style Met his girlfriend, she was clapping in the crowd Love is what what was happening to him now uh, He said I would marry you But I'm engaged to these aerials and barials And I don't think this board is strong enough to carry two She said Val, I weigh 120 pounds Now, let me make one thing clear I don't need to ride yours I got mine right here. So she took him to a spot he didn't know about. Some the apartment parking lot, she said. I don't normally take dates in here. Security came and said, I'm sorry, there's no skating here. And so they kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. And the way they roll, just lovers in the with no place to go. And so they kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick. Push, coast, so come escape with me Just a rebel looking for a place to be So let's kick Uh, uh and push Yeah Yeah and coast Yeah uh Coast Aha, I can't seem to find my toothbrush So I'll pick one up when I go out today Other than that, I'm in
1: good shape ah! The KC Morning Show Back by popular demand on your KC Morning Show. It's been way too long. In fact, lot I don't know if you realize this, you were one of our first guests that we had on the KC Morning Show, but it's been way too long. He's War. a civil rights attorney, formerly ran for attorney general. God knows we need more folks like Alad Gross right now. Let's talk about how much our junior senator out of the great state of Missouri, how much he sucks Josh Hawley as attorney general. And this isn't my words, it's the words of, well, the official word, Missouri judge rules AG's office under Josh Hawley knowingly violated transparency laws. This is coming mm-hmm. from the Missouri Independent. It's all across the news right now. This is a big deal and before I get to you a lot, let me tell you why because this man, our junior senator, you know, he's got presidential aspirations. And while I believe and I think maybe you might believe this as well, a lot, he's too much of a dweeb to ever be president. What he <laughs> wants to do, he wants to remake the party in his image, using tactics like these. And while he may not be president, he is having influence on the future of the Republican Party. So this matters. This is important. Alad Gross, welcome to the show.
2: Break this (laughs) down, man. Hey, I'm I'm excited. I didn't realize I was one of the first guests on this thing. And thanks for all you're doing. Yeah, this is a very big decision that recently came out of uh, Cole County over in Jefferson City. It was a case that went on for quite some time, which just kind of shows you that government officials, including Senator Josh Hawley, who is actually about to be our, our senior senator oh, yeah. now that, uh, yeah, oh, man, where, where are we right now? But yeah, I mean, I mean, the government officials who want to hide what they are doing in office with our money, how they're utilizing it for their own personal gain, they can. And, you know, although this case did finally come back and said that, Josh Hawley's office violated the law, that they purposely did it. They're even going to be fined for it, which is more of our taxpayer money going out to protect him at our expense. Uh, It took a long time for us to kind of see what was going on and have any kind of accountability whatsoever. I mean, we really need not only a strengthening of our transparency laws so we can see what our government is doing, but we need someone who's going to enforce those laws. And uh, that's usually the attorney general. In this case, Josh Hawley was the attorney general, and he uh, hid those records on his own. And the current attorney general who will now be joining him in the Senate, Eric Schmidt, was actually defending him in that case too. So we got to pay for all of that.
1: I guess if we can, let's start from Jump Street. Josh Hawley, how many times has this man talked about Hillary Clinton's emails? Well, irony is a so-and-so, as I've heard once uh At the through line of this investigation that's come out because of the Sunshine Records and those laws, it's his emails, using private emails, our taxpayer dollars to help start and help continue his 2018 Senate run against Claire McCaskill.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right. So in Missouri, we have the Sunshine Law, it's very similar to the Freedom of Information Act that a lot of people are aware of, and it guarantees public access to public records. So There was an investigation into Josh Hawley's use of his office. In Missouri, It is in many other states, it is illegal to use your public office for political purposes. And in Josh Hawley's case, soon after he became attorney general, he actually had political consultants... Who were running his office and they were giving instructions to, to people on what to do. And, you know, there was this, this uh, infamous, I guess, raid that he did where they had him wear a badge and, and this police jacket to make him look cool or something. I don't know. But all of these folks were political people running a public office, which is not allowed under Missouri law. Um, So there were investigations into it. There were records that existed. They maintained those records on, just like you said, on private emails, trying to avoid turning those over to people requesting them. And there was a request made, and it was made during the campaign. And instead of releasing those records like he was legally obligated to do so, uh, he didn't. And uh, it was in part to protect himself. It sure appears to be to protect himself while he was running for office. And now, years later, we have a judge who has finally said, yes. This was a violation of the law. He was hiding these records for his personal gain. Uh, They did this knowingly. They did this purposely. And it's even worse because he was the official in Missouri who was supposed to enforce this law. And uh, unfortunately, this case should not end here. It should end with an investigation into his practices to avoid this happening again. But it didn't. And, And honestly, at the time, it should have been Uh, an investigation for criminal matters in in terms of using that public office for political gain. We did have an attorney general many years ago who actually was convicted for using his office for his own campaign. And uh, we are quite a far way away from that now. I'm not sure how we got that far away, but it's probably because we don't have folks enforcing the law like we should be.
1: Like I said a few minutes ago, while this guy may never be the leader of a party, although it's not for a lack of effort, he's going to try. You know, Mm -hmm. these are the tactics that the Republican Party, this is what they are doing. And they're just straight up lying about it. This is the quote that's coming from the Josh Hawley camp. These allegations are based on Democrat campaign attacks. They have been investigated multiple times and no wrongdoing has been found, including by a Democrat state auditor. That's just not true. That's right. How do we navigate these waters a lot? I mean, I know we've got to hold these Mm -hmm. folks accountable. We got to show up on election days, not just this last one, but all the election days to come. But I mean, it seems like they don't even give a damn.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think part of that is because they know that no one's going to hold them accountable. Or they think that by—honestly, they the, folks like Josh Hawley think the rest of us are stupid and that we're going to forget these kinds of things that they do, that we're just going to take this soundbite that he had probably some other political consultant make for him, and we're never going to do anything about it. And I just hope you know that we're a little bit more skeptical of folks— who are in power, especially right now, because, you know, sure, in, in this situation, certainly Republicans doing it. I have been fighting for transparency in Missouri government for a while and fortunately have been involved in suing some Democrats as well. And I think that we need to suspend that whole I'm on this team versus that team. We just have to look at these folks are screwing us over. And Josh Hawley, unfortunately, is, is one of those who, has no qualms about doing it. And certainly there are a lot of other folks in the Republican Party who feel the same way. You know, it's it's just really sad to see how far away we have come from when we first enacted laws like this to ensure that we had access to what was happening in our government, to make sure that government officials weren't breaking the law, that our taxpayer money wasn't going down the toilet just to propel some dude because he wants to run for president. But that's unfortunately, that's kind of the state that we're in right now. And maybe, you know, maybe it is a cyclical thing. You know. You you see it happen. We have some corruption in government. We deal with it, and then we come back. The problem is, as much as we are supposed to learn from history, I feel like those folks like Josh Hawley have learned from it as well and are getting better and better at entrenching themselves in power using these kinds of illegal tactics and getting away with it. But yeah, in terms of what we need to do, I think, look, there's Only so much that we can do, whether that's a lawyer or somebody enforcing the law, whatever it is, without public participation. And it's up to all of us. If we want to have a country that really is working for everybody, it's up to all of us to be involved in these kinds of things and to make sure that we are holding uh, folks like Josh Hawley and others like him accountable
1: we've got no time for phonies a lot you know that we're gonna have to be the ones that pull back the curtain because you know this is right. coming from 2018 you know the missouri legislature jefferson city the governor's mansion it is a bit gross in there in fact it's a lot of bit gross in there my friend and <laughs> i guess how are you staying optimistic as you are doing the good work boots on the ground representing our folks you know how are you staying encouraged in the midst of such a swamp
2: Man, That's a great question. You know, I, uh, I think, you know, I I think I see a lot of folks who when they hear a story like this, initially, you might not kind of get what's the importance of a story like this. So it's really important to have voices like yours and other folks who are covering this issue. So the word gets out to more people. But, you know, I haven't met many Missourians who are uh, big fans of having the government Hiding, you know, what they're doing from the public. I have had Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, everybody, you know, folks who don't affiliate with any party, who are super supportive of the transparency work that I'm doing. That folks like Mark Padroli, who was on this case, are doing. Dave Roland is another lawyers who are going out there and, and trying to really shine a light on on these kinds of issues, but also make a change for government as a whole so that these things don't keep happening. And, uh, you know, I think the more that folks know about it and that they see some tangible, you know, evidence of this kind of corruption, the more the folks will start to ask questions. And maybe they won't be super vocal about it because, you know, as you're changing your mind, sometimes you got to go in a little corner and think about it for a little bit, be a little quiet, you know, figure it out. But when, when you go and you make a vote, There are going to be a lot more people who uh, are a bit more worried about what somebody like Josh Hawley is doing when you start to lose your faith and trust in somebody like that. And and there are a lot of folks in Missouri who just because by virtue of him being Republican— They initially trust him for that reason, for a lot of branding and everything else. But I think it's important for for everybody to really see who this guy and, and so many other folks, unfortunately, in our government are. And the more that they are exposed for this kind of corruption, I truly do believe that the more that the people of Missouri are going to see that and rise up against having folks like this represent them.
1: Elad Gross, my brother, it's so good to hear your voice, my friend. While I still got you, the floor is yours. Why don't you plug any and everything you're working on?
2: And also, (laughs) if you can,
1: can you stress the importance of these sunshine laws, transparency in our government? I mean, this is
2: everything. Absolutely. I mean, you're not spending a lot of time doing that, you know, helping folks who are Asking for records, and that you know that includes regular folks who are are looking to see what their local police station, for example, is spending money on in rural parts of Missouri, their their sheriff's offices, or reporters who are asking for records from a local government to see where are they spending you know money in this division on or something else. But you you imagine it, it touches on so many parts of our lives from education to policies on public safety roads and everything else i mean we even had a veterans issue not too long ago that was part of a sunshine law investigation too so yeah i mean i'm spending a whole lot of time right now you know hopefully out of the courtroom and more just telling folks hey here's the law please follow it as an official this is your job to do Uh, but oftentimes i do have to go to court as well and enforce the law against Uh, government officials, too. So certainly spend a lot of time doing that, representing Missourians who are having their rights as Missourians violated by the government. But uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully a day at a time we'll get these issues fixed and more folks protected In our wonderful state, which I know both of us are fans of, it's just, we just, you know, we know that Missouri can't do so much better. I think that's why we're so passionate about these kinds of issues. And, you know, so many folks who are listening to the show are too. So stay involved and if there's anything I can do to help, you know where to, you know where to find me. Always happy to help.
1: Well, a lot, I'm just saying, it seems to be that time of year that folks are announcing things. You know, I'm just saying,
2: uh-huh. if you would like to counter program, the floor is yours. Anything you
1: want to announce here
2: today? I would like to announce that I think tonight I'm gonna get five hours of sleep. I'm super <laughs> excited about that. But yeah, if I have any future announcements, you know what? Uh maybe maybe I'll come
3: on back and let, let some folks know. So
1: <laughs> My brother, lot Gross, I love you, brother. I appreciate you. He is a civil rights attorney out of the great state of Missouri, a former Candidate, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Come back to us. Come back to us. A lot of lucky bands will chat soon.
3: You too, Teddy Tiger.
0: let